You're listening to episode 162 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, 360vegaspodcast.com, click on the Amazon banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. All right, I have an embarrassing confession. This is the the world that I've been a part of for the last couple months. I forgot I'm going to Vegas next week. I literally... (laughs) How can you forget that? I literally had... On my on my agenda in Vegas Mate app, everything planned for two weeks from now. Assuming that that what it was, and Karen and I were watching House of Cards last night, and she made the random joke that, "Hey, did you know that in the Vegas Mate app you've got the wrong dates?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She was like, "You know, we're we're gonna be there next week." I'm like, "I don't have that time off of work," and we went into this panic to where I reached out to my superiors and told them about it. I'm like, listen, I know this is super last minute, but you know, I made this mistake. Is there any way we can accommodate this? And if we can, I totally understand that. And they were very gracious to, to allow that to happen. But I was like, I can't fucking believe I forgot when I was going to Vegas. <laughs> I think that's a, a, a capital crime. I, I, I think I I don't think I know. I, I clearly need to go see a neurosurgeon for something because how can I do claim to love a city so much that I do a weekly show on it and completely lose track of when it is I'm, I'm visiting that place next. But Yeah, I think you need to go and sit in a corner somewhere and really think about what you've just done. <laughs> I, will, I will do that. I, I, that seems nothing but fair. <laughs> okay, so let's start the show. He's Mark, and I obviously didn't break anything last time, so Alistair's here again. So let's start the show with Random Vegas. All right. About 400 of the people that helped open the Mirage in 1988 still work at the property today, 25 years later. We got that from LasVegasWeekly.com. That has got to be... I would love to hear the stories from somebody like that. That's Because we've seen that property go from the peak of opulence on the Strip to now settling into its... It's, it's mid-tier supremacy, if you will. I would, oh, I can't believe one of them hasn't written a book yet. I hope somebody's reached out to him. It's just kind of turning into Phil Ruffinbait. <laughs> okay, so now it's time for our Vegas Mate Review of the Week. This week is Kevin's February 28th review of South Point. Give it one out of five chips. So Kevin writes, I'm not a gambler. I didn't lose any money here. However, I brought four families from all around the western US to this hotel for five days. My family needed to check out one day early because of the smoking in 100% of this hotel. 
My elderly mother-in-law has asthma and was hours away from having to go to the hospital. She had been taking breathing treatments and inhalers for four days and was literally in tears because of the air in this hotel. After talking to Shelley, the operations manager of this hotel about a 30 minute late checkout and being told, we will charge you full price if you are one second past our checkout time. We had to pile our belongings into the hallway and pack them there to avoid the charge. My mother-in-law survived, but I would appreciate it if none of you would spend your money with these un-American, incompassionate, arrogant people. Our group spent in excess of $15,000 this hotel casino during these five days, and Shelley couldn't have cared less. Help me make a point, please, because this hotel's operations manager, Shelley, couldn't give a squirt about the elderly and their health. Have you ever spent any time at South Point? Yes, I did a little bit. Um, it would have been a year ago, so a bit of March Madness yeah. for a little while, and also I played yeah, a few few craps, a few slots on there as well, so it's, it's kind of a very much a local's joint. What are your thoughts on this review? She obviously had a really bad time. You think it's just she's a one-off? She's hit. I don't know. I mean, I've had no experience staying at the hotel, but if you've, you know, if you've come across the gap, this is kind of unforgivable. It's just like no, you don't, you don't treat people this way. Yeah. I, the one thing I object about this is the complaints about smoking. It's it's Vegas. It's the one place that while the rest of the world is going, you can't smoke in here. Vegas is going. We don't give a fuck what you do. In fact, we adamantly disagree with anybody who wants us to remove it. But on the flip side. Isn't part of Vegas accommodating people in ways that the rest of this world can't accommodate to them? So you can, so they can get hold of your money. Yeah, but I suppose again, yes, yeah, so, you know, smoking is part and parcel of the Vegas experience. But if you know, for the hotel, if the air conditioning isn't good enough to scrub it out, then maybe South Point's not your best choice. Right. Yeah. And now it's time for Twit Pick of the Week. Looking at the candidates for Twit Pick of the Week, this week's winner wouldn't be the obvious choice. There were some pretty unique, great views shared this week, but the one that won is what inspired this show in the first place, history. Our first trip to Vegas was in 2006, and I didn't start developing the obsession I share with you weekly until our second trip in 2008. However, I've always had a history of becoming fascinated with a subject and immersing myself in the topic with a ferocious appetite to learn as much as I can. Two years before our first trip, Martin Scorsese's movie, The Aviator, inspired one of those obsessions. Like many people, the crazy reclusive period was the first thing that came to mind when you said the name Howard Hughes to me. However, that movie opened my eyes to how truly amazing he was. Fast forward to the birth of 360 Vegas and our Vintage Vegas segments, and I found that appetite once again unsatiated. So what does all this have to do with the Twit Pick of the Week? Well, this week at Summa Corp shared a picture of the Desert Inn during the time Howard Hughes made the top floor his home while he helped Vegas move into the next phase of its evolution from organized crime to corporate ownership. All week, I couldn't stop looking at this picture and thinking, he's in there. Right now, I'm looking at a picture of the Desert Inn in the late 60s while Howard Hughes is actually in it. And there's something about seeing that picture captured by a random person's camera that I could not stop looking at it. It just absolutely fascinated me, and I cannot thank SumaCorp for sharing it enough. As always, we'll link to it on our blog. You have no thoughts on that at all? No, I can't see the picture. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, it's cool. I will take your word for it. As always, we will link to it on our blog, put it on our Flickr and Pinterest page, feature it in our Facebook and Google Plus page, Twitter header, 
as well as the enhanced version of our podcast, where I'll get to see it. <laughs> and now it's time for the news. You can also support the show when you shop at Vegas.com and get discount prices on shows, nightclubs, flights, and just about everything Vegas, including a best price guarantee that will alert you if room rates fall below what you paid. Just go to 360VegasPodcast.com, click on one of the banners, and go about your purchase. If you don't click on the banner, we don't get credit for it. 360Vegas and Vegas.com, everything you need to get ready for your next trip to Vegas. That, that was the L next to uh, Alistair's flat. Yeah, I live by I live by the trains. If anybody, if anybody, <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of the tracks. I like your side. So Elvis returns to Vegas. Are you a fan? I'm a big fan. After you introduced me, really, especially after visiting Graceland with you, that was just the most incredible experience. So that's so funny. Uh, that's exactly what did it for me. It ignites the interest. It does. really does. While I was originally skeptical about the quality of the product, some very encouraging details this week were shared by Westgate and Graceland regarding their plans for a permanent Elvis attraction at the property. First, it will occupy 28,000 square feet of exhibition space in the convention center at the property. It will specifically focus on Elvis' time in Vegas, not just his residency at the International Hilton from 69 to 76, but his first visit to the city in 56 when he performed at the New Frontier as well as his movie Viva Las Vegas. So that's going to include some pretty significant pieces like the 24-foot tall Elvis Presley cutout used to advertise his appearance at the New Frontier, the tablecloth that Elvis manager Colonel Tom Parker used to renegotiate his contract after just one show into his residency at the International, and billboards used to advertise his residency at the property and various other outsized things that have resided in the Elvis vaults because there was no room for them at Graceland. The Elvis exhibit will open at Westgate on April 23rd. Admission's going to be $22, but that's not all they have planned. Westgate owner David Siegel said, quote, Elvis is as much a part of the building as these walls are. And so they've renamed the main showroom the Elvis Presley International Showroom. They've begun renovations to the showroom, including restoring some of the booth seating that existed when Elvis performed, but was removed in the 90s. And also, on April 23rd, they will introduce the Elvis Experience, a replica of the 70 shows Elvis performed at the Hilton, complete with a 24-musician, eight-singer concert featuring tribute artist Martin Fontaine. It is only one of four or five different shows that Graceland Estate has planned to unveil at Westgate before taking them on the road. No word if any of these will feature the long-fabled, never-confirmed Elvis hologram. If you are an Elvis fan, do yourself a favor. If you haven't already, check out our Vintage Vegas episode on Elvis. We are really, really proud of it, as we are with all of our vintage segments, even though we don't get them out as frequently as I, I wish we could. But I'm going to stick around, so I'm going to tell you. But you can find those at 360VintageVegas.com or at iTunes. Another tackier side of things, of course they had to throw in an Elvis chapel on site. What are your thoughts on something like this? Karen and I have never seen a tribute artist because something about the way that Elvis is frequently honored, I, I find offensive. I, I don't really like the celebration of the fat Elvis. And when you consider anybody who knows any of the history of, of Elvis, that fat time was very much a heavy drug and just leading towards his eventual death. 
What are your thoughts on on them recreating a fucking concert that actually happened there? It sounds like a really good idea. I think everything, you know, the, the heritage of that casino is really being brought back. And I think that's the one thing that would potentially kind of draw people in. And if they can do it this sort of interesting way, then it's going to, I think, pique people's interest to come back to to the LVH, the... <laughs> oh, you guys, it's like Westgate. It's like, you, you, that's the problem. It's like, you, 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 know, you think it's Hilton, Hilton, you know, the Westgate, that's probably the only dilemma around it is right. that the naming of, well, where am I? Right. Because it's the Hilton, but uh, it's the West, you know, it's trying to get that Westgate and Elvis thing kind of a, a bit hooked together. It also, it almost would have made more sense if they named it the Westgate International or something, because then it's at least something that you can go, oh shit, the International. You say Westgate now, nobody knows what it you're talking really about. really knows what it is, yeah. Yeah, so I'm extremely excited about this idea. I would love to go check this out. Just well done. I mean, it's, it's the closest you could really get from having an Elvis property, because if you make like a specific Elvis property, like Hooters is a specific casino hotel, I think it would be a giant disaster, but yeah. making this a part, so much a part of its history, and bringing it back—absolutely brilliant move. I'm not a big fan of Mr. Siegel, but this is genius. Well, there's—I remember a couple of years ago being downtown where they had the, you know, the Elvis impersonated competitions. Oh yes. And they were, they were doing the heats for this, and they all got to sing a lot or a, a couple of bars each of the song, and they all, you know, sang it exactly the same. You couldn't wow. tell where one Elvis started and one Elvis finished. See, that's so they all got the, you know, the completely damn pad. It's the most surreal experience. That's fascinating. I see, and maybe that's the case is that I, I've seen so many of the of the fat Elvises, and and like you've got that massively obese fucking Elvis at I, I don't even remember where it is. I know it used to be at Barbary Coast, Bill's Gambling Hall, whatever. But I, I have so much experience to those and the stupid weddings that it, it really put me off of doing this. But once again, I've said I love tribute artists. Sometimes I think they're better than the real artists, and. If that's what these are, true, honest attempts to recreate the magic that is Elvis Presley, then maybe I, I misjudge these, these people. I, I, this definitely has me excited. I'm very interested in going. Yeah, it has to be, it has to be a tribute, not a parody. Yes. To make it work. Yes, exactly. So moving on, My Vegas adds Allegiant Air. Continuing to diversify their partnerships and perks, MyVegas announced this week that you can now use your reward credits toward a variety of Allegiant Air comps. Allegiant Air is a Vegas-based company, so it only makes sense that this would be the first airline the company is working with. Options include a comp bag, seat upgrades, and even comp vacation packages, air and hotel, to Vegas and Orlando for the reasonable cost of 2 million points. Allegiant Air has the highest priced stock among U.S. Airlines' portfolio. Who do you fly? Usually Virgin Atlantic, so yeah, the, great, the long haul stuff, so yeah, yeah. we... Don't get, get involved in these sort of local-based airlines, but uh, I hope there's a comfort not losing your baggage. <laughs> we guarantee you for 5,000 points not to lose your bags. Right. <laughs> they have a special sticker they put on it. <laughs> and if you don't redeem it well, we could, your bags could end up anywhere. Right. <laughs> they have another sticker for that, but like, fuck this guy. <laughs> so the uh, high roller has been renamed the lie roller. <laughs> Wordplay. <laughs> right. On last week's show... Scott and I talked about the dimming of the lights on the strip for UNLV coach Jerry Tarkanian. During that time, High Roller posted a video of the lights going off, all the lights except theirs. For the record, dimming the lights is voluntary. High Roller was under no obligation to participate. However, when asked why they didn't buy Vital Vegas and some of their other Facebook followers, they said it was because the FAA wouldn't allow them to dim the lights. 
Sensing bullshit, Vital Vegas reached out to the FAA and they confirmed his suspicions. They said, quote, we are not aware of any formal FAA objection to this proposed dimming. They went on to say that the FAA, quote, can object to a proposal to turn off lights or to not light something, but the FAA does not have the authority to enforce lighting or marking requirements. So, as Scott and I said on the show, they intentionally kept the lights on so when that video made its way around the world, they would get some free advertising because the only thing that people would see would be the high roller. It was revealed later in the week that the high roller could not have dimmed itself while passengers were on the ride, and that is now the new excuse. <laughs> Can't do anything that's going to affect revenue. Oh no, sorry. Especially that. Keep the lights on. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Somebody wants to be on this thing. We're not, we're not doing anything to stop that. I whatever right it really just boils down to like why didn't you just say we, we didn't want to do it whatever people on the ride we can't turn them off you know we're not gonna it's just yeah yeah it, I, own it own it exactly exactly <laughs> just whatever and we have more new things at caesar's <laughs> hakasan continues to devour the properties in which its clubs reside in their floor-to-ceiling facade for the new club at the property omnia was unveiled this week showcasing dark wood exteriors with gold trim Vegas Chatter shared that both the gaming space formerly occupied by the Pussycat Dolls and the bar, formerly home to the Shadow Bar, are being renovated into Omnia-themed spaces, retaining both original purposes. Related only by the fact that they're new in Caesars and coming soon, Seersuckers, described as the all-too-common, quote, familiar comfort food with a twist, is currently under construction and is projected to be open this spring. What do you think of Caesars? We, I, I think we've had this conversation before, but what are your, what are your thoughts on Last time I was in there, it was a mess because they were in the middle of changing, swapping out the food court and just doing, I think, you know, building the whole army of things. So once they get it back into kind of proper shape again, I mean, I quite, I quite like it. I mean, I stayed there a couple of times. I was in the, last time was in the Nobu Hotel, which was pretty nice. It's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a cut price Mandarin Oriental effectively. But, but yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a nice, it, but you do get lost a bit. If you, as long as you got to orientate yourself properly and know which way you're going, otherwise you can sort of end up having those where. Right. And, and maybe it's just because there's only one place on this planet that I have any sense of direction. And for some fucking reason, I still get lost in that property every single time I'm in there. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. The mystique and the history of the property is very alluring. But when you get inside it, it's insanely frustrating to try and find a way out. And they have the worst breakfast in Vegas at uh, Central. Awful. Really bad. I don't know how you can mess up breakfast, but it was just terrible. You are right. That is quite mediocre now that I recall. Huh. There you go. So we have new golden tears. <laughs> we do. I didn't find that amusing when I wrote it, but for some reason when you say Certainly it, now. it sounds quite golden shower-esque, but that when, is not the case. When you say it out loud. Right. <laughs> golden Nugget, one of the few players clubs that didn't have multiple tiers of membership signifying value, has now fixed that, and it has four tiers. While their tier benefits are similar to those found at other properties, the added benefit is rewards can be used at Landry's Restaurants, Chart House, Morton Steakhouse, and if you reach the elite status, you'll receive a free trip to any Golden Nugget outside of the Las Vegas market. Vegas Shatter recommends current members visit the 24K Players Club at the property for a new card and tier recognition. Are you are you any elevated tier status for any club? I have managed to get to Pearl at, uh, on M Life. 
I think by b- virtue of just spending money there for staying at the hotels. So not really through the gambling, but I think it's about a thousand dollars spend in a in a year to get you up to that level. And the only thing it really gets you is is queue jumping. <laughs> so, so it really, it really is. So I did manage to uh, sneak past all these people at the uh, Aria Cafe. It's like out of my way, peasants! I want pearl. You see this level two, bitches? Work a little harder. <laughs> It's impressing nobody. Yeah, we're all we're all basic over here. Probably a lot of that minimum bet shit. And <laughs> but what are you gonna but do? then, not uh, to mention, I also go all over the place. Like for me, it's one of the reasons why I, I don't venture beyond the strip of Fremont is because I, for some reason, love the idea of going. Oh, playing like shit here. I want to go over here to that property. I just I love having all the options. I, I tend to not spend a significant amount of time at, at, at any of them, really, unless I'm spending some pool time there. I think Cosmopolitan's probably the place I've spent. Cosmopolitan, maybe Planet Hollywood, where when I stayed there, I, I spent a significant time at the property as well. How about you? you Jesus, yeah, you're all over the place just, when you're in Vegas. I, I just have so many different players' club cards from the whole thing. It's like a massive stack of... Oh, where am I going next? Which which one's this <laughs> casino from? But I, I definitely I, I jump about. I don't tend to go back to the same places over and over again. I think I've stayed at the Cosmopolitan more than once. Uh, Win Encore. Uh, most of, most everywhere else has just been kind of that one off just to try it out. Right. So it it does tend to you know skip around the strip more than anything else. So uh, it gets it's everybody gets a share of the love. Yes, exactly. I have I have money to disperse. It has to be evenly. Or semi-even. People get a little bit all of it. <laughs> so now we have some hockey of the ice news. Hockey of the ice. That is brilliant. <laughs> I'm, I'm trademarking that. Uh, as you should, sir. However, it was on my show, so I've already used to use your... So, yeah, you, own the re- you get the revenue from it, though. Oh, I'm, I'm quite a smart man. I'm quite business savvy, as, as they would call it. <laughs> yes, NHL Vegas. While still available... The fever for NHL season tickets has slowed 3,000 shy of their goal of 10,000, despite getting 5,000 commitments in the first 36 hours. Attempting to encourage 3,000 people, they are now offering a free replica jersey for those who put season ticket deposits down on at least two seats before the inaugural season and after they decide what they're actually going to name it. Still no word from the commissioner if the NHL is expanding into any market, let alone the Las Vegas. It is also being reported that prospective owner and billionaire Bill Foley may ask the NHL to decide if they will be awarded an NHL team in June, presumably, so they can either move forward with the project or move on to others. So that's uh, soccer down. Can we get the hockey of the ice? Yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> it may be the only, like, I have Columbus Blue Jacket uh, hockey stuff. I, I, I guess I like the sport. I don't, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm, I'm more of a fan of supporting the the city in which I, I came from or the state in which I came from. I, I lived in almost for like a decade or something. But this would be the only other hockey jersey I could imagine me getting simply because it's it's Las Vegas. But beyond that, it's almost getting annoying just continuing to hear about it. Yeah, that, that made no sense, sense to me after about the third word of that uh, paragraph. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Like, you people talk funny. <laughs> you talk about strange things we don't understand. Okay, moving on, we now have Puppetry of the Penis in Vegas. Yeah, Puppetry of the Penis is now in an open residency at the Erotic Heritage Museum in Las Vegas. The show is pretty much what you would imagine it would be, a mixture of various genitalia jokes and dick and scrotum manipulation. Shows are Tuesday through Sunday at 8 p.m. with additional shows on Friday and Saturday at 10 Tickets start at $45. 
the Heritage Museum is located on Industrial Road behind the Fashion Show Mall. As a man who has visited large portions of Las Vegas, have you ever stepped foot in the Erotic Heritage Museum? No. No. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) There are just certain things that, yes, it is unique. Like, I've never been to the... What is it? The uh, Atomic Bomb Museum or whatever the hell they, they, it's called. I've never been. I have been to the Atomic Testing Museum. Yes. What do you think? That was quite interesting, but the, the Atomic Testing bit was actually closed. So we didn't get the full <laughs> experience of getting blown up by a nuclear bomb. So slightly disappointing. What about the Grand Canyon or the Hoover Dam? Have you ever seen those? I have been to both, and I am off to the Grand Canyon in three weeks' time. I just so I'm going back again. I just don't care. I don't know why. I just oh, I love care. it out there. Oh, it's brilliant. Like, I see the, the Grand Canyon as I fly in, and I'm like, oh, look, there it is. There it is. Don't, don't, don't need to get any closer. I'm fine with if, that. If you have time to spare, because it's one of those things, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate I get a reasonable amount of uh, vacation time so I can spend a lot of time. But if you're only there for a few days, it's not really a high priority to go and see and do. So either fly, you know, get a helicopter or take a plane trip out there just to sort of see it go, go there back in a day. But, see, you know, if, I, if, you're, if your time is precious in Vegas, spend in Vegas. Yeah, well, that's, I, I don't even understand the words you're saying. I mean, all, all the time that I'm in Vegas is, is, is precious time, regardless if I'm there for a week or two weeks. I, I'm, I'm confused by the words that you're saying. So have you got your audition lined up next week? Because that's, that's probably the next question. <laughs> no, no, is, no. Is this I, the reason for the trip? I only do you, you my, my own. You thought I could do, give that a go? No, I only do my, my penis puppetry for the wife and close friends like yourself. So You, you know that, Alistair, better than most. I thought you were going to share it with everybody. Get, bring it to a wider audience. <laughs> Listen, if I can't get this show and my vulgarity to uh, reach a, a wider audience, I really don't see how whipping my dick out is going to do it. Although, it is impressive and it does tend to draw a crowd. It's work for some other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's enough dick news for this week. Let's move on to Prop Bets. For those of you unfamiliar, Prop Bets is an extension of the news with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. So, Vegas Chatter reports that despite having a Starbucks and a purple zebra in the Link Promenade, the Link Hotel Casino is also installing another purple zebra in the space formerly occupied by Fat Tuesday, and right next to it, plans for another coffee shop. No word if that's going to be a Starbucks. It's zebra, is it? Zebra? That's how we pronounce it over here. I, I, I prefer the way you pronounce everything. In fact, I try to incorporate it into my language. Likewise, likewise, Tuesday. <laughs> you know what's funny? Karen and I made the joke a while ago, before I ended up getting my vasectomy, that we had said, if we were going to have a child, one of the requisites would be that we move to England because we're convinced that accent improves your, your intelligence. Well, the interesting thing is um, the Las Vegas the, you know, the Visitor Center is, is running adverts on the London Tube at the moment. And the, the strap line for one of them is, where your accent is an aphrodisiac. <laughs> Tuesday, March 3rd, Olivia Newton-John is releasing a 22-song album from her Flamingo residency titled Summer Nights Live in Las Vegas. You haven't heard a lot of those lately. Do you remember way back when they used to have, you know, Sinatra did one, I think Dean Martin did one. It's like everybody used to come out with a live Vegas version. I think Garth Brooks just did one, didn't he? Something like that? I don't know. Yeah, they're all at it. So I think this must be the week for embarrassing admissions because I was digging through my old vinyl collection and I somehow came across the uh, Olivia's Greatest Hits. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, I was just reading through the show notes and thought, Saw this bit about a uh, Olivia Newton-John album. I'm sure I've got an Olivia Newton-John album. (laughs) Features such classic tracks as Physical, Heart Attack, You're the One That I Want, 
Xanadu, Summer Nights, A Little More Love, Hopelessly Devoted to You, and Sam. What a what a what a classic. <laughs> Those are quality songs. Let's let's be they honest. Are, they are she was insanely songs. hot in her day. I have to tell you, like the 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 sleeve. It's the same photo on the front. I'm going to tweet you this. But it's the same photo on the front and back. Mm-hmm. But on the front, she's got her eyes open. And on the back, she's got her eyes closed. So it's, it's like behind closed doors, she's ashamed. Oof, oof. <laughs> it's, very, it's very racy. So another reason to, to dislike LVH, formerly the Hilton, currently Westgate, <laughs> is that they were LVCVA's first choice to purchase for their expansion plans, according to Vital Vegas. When a deal couldn't be reached, they went for the Riviera. All right. Oh, Riviera? Riviera. What? Nice. <laughs> You've stayed at that property. What are your thoughts? I did. I mean, we talked about the awful pizza we, yeah, odor and pizza, all of that yeah. shit. I, I thought it was, it was, it was okay. Yeah. I think it was, it was, it's, the room was in reasonable shape. I, I you know, paid for a slight upgrade into a, a renovated room. Mm-hmm. But it's got a lot of memories because I was there for my very first trip, sort of back in 92. So, you know, it hasn't changed hugely in that time, kind of look and feel wise. But mm-hmm. I think I'm really pleased with what they're doing with it. I think that if they can just keep going with the Alva stuff and mm-hmm. just bring a bit more life back into it, it was a really, you know, it was a really great casino in its time. I think if they can just kind of bring it back. All right, that, um, as- that aside, if you could pick between the Riviera and Westgate, which one would you prefer to see go? I would implode the Riviera. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I, I've got a softer spot in my heart for, for the Riviera than I do for Hilton, LVH, blah, blah. It probably just goes back to the off-strip thing. I love the the idea of options, lots of options within a short period of time, and being off-strip just completely alienates that as a possibility, at least in my head, at least in my head. But Yeah, I can't, I can't believe they're closing on Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> as the shops at the Grand Bazaar at Bally's begin to open this week, it was confirmed that Sugar Factory will have a shop in the Grand Bazaar despite closing all other locations on the Strip. No word when it will fail at this location. I fucking hate oh, it. Oh, that's mean. I hate Sugar. $25 for a fucking lollipop? Really? Really? Well, if it's if it's going to fail anywhere, it's going to fail. You know, if everything, everything else is gone, I think they've. it's also, was it the Paris restaurant? It's no longer a sugar factory restaurant. That name's come off it as well. So yeah, it looks like that empire's imploding. Exactly. Badara has renovated its lobby bar and renamed it Vice Versa, playing off the fact it has both inside and outside lounges. Have you ever stayed at Badara? Nobody walked through it on the way to Bellagio from Aria. So it's uh, maybe a to-do, but uh, it's not high up on the list. I, I think another one of the reasons why the Twit Pick of the Week kind of blew my mind, and of course Howard Hughes didn't do this, he just set up shop upstairs and didn't didn't go anywhere, but can you imagine what it would feel like to live in a casino? Every day you come down from your room to do whatever it is you do, whether you work there or you just stay there or you go off to work, the concept of the floor, you know, the lobby floor being a casino is just dreamlike to me. So, uh, uh, I don't know. The idea of staying at a property that doesn't have one, I have no desire. Even, even like, for instance, the, the Hilton that's connected to Planet Hollywood, it's right there. But there's something about when I you know, get down to the ground floor and the elevator doors open and the casino's right in front of me, that, I don't know, I don't know, that has some kind of an allure to me that I, I, I require. It's day. definitely, yeah, when I say the Mandarin Oriental, it is, you do feel that one step away. So it feels like a bit of a bubble. Mm-hmm. So you sort of, you come out of that vagusiness into something definitely kind of more zen and whatever and relaxing so it does 
without having that casino feel at the bottom. I think similarly with the, you know, what was the hotel, you know, Delano, Delano, whatever. Right, right. You know, it is that one step away from the kind of the excitement and the... Because it's great to, you know, step out the step out the lifts, the elevators, and just sort of hear that plinging and the, the, the excitement and that kind of little buzz. So it's like, it, it definitely makes a difference. It's like you're there the whole time. And when you stay at some place that doesn't have a casino, it's like you keep leaving Vegas and then coming back yeah. to it every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Vegas Eater is reporting that Lotus of Siam, Gourmet Magazine's single best Thai restaurant in North America, is finalizing plans with the Link Hotel and Casino for their first location on the Strip. However, plans are to name it Saipin after the owner. I'm sure I fucked that up. But, yeah. Well, that sounded right. <laughs> at least it's not brasserie. I know. Why do I suck at that so much? I don't, I don't know. Mark, also known as At Melts Vegas. Are you happy now? Yeah, I know, Should right? <laughs> Some, somebody who, uh, uh, I'm trying to help you grow your brand, Mark. But there you go. There's your name. It's, it's, it, name in lights. <laughs> So he shared that the thanks to South Point's appeal to the Nevada Gaming Control Board last December, you can now bet on the Olympics. Various odds are already up at any William Hill sportsbook or via their app. Hey, so being in England, you guys are allowed to bet on on oh, elections, anything, all kind of shit. Yeah, anything. What is that? It's like any. I think anything but people dying. You can pretty much bet on. <laughs> they just think that's tacky. <laughs> or, I think that's that's a step too far. But it's bizarre things like I can bet on my offspring playing for England football in 20 years' time or something. As long as a bookmaker will accept, you know, any a wager from you and give you odds, you can pretty much bet on anything. How do you get a line on something like that? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do offer it. has been known. I think, like, David Beckham's dad put something on, you know, a bet on him to be, you know, a, a star player, and I think he won a bit of money on it. But uh, if they, they will give you the line. That's a trip. <laughs> Caesars Entertainment sold their 20% interest in the three Ohio casinos to their partner, Rock Gaming. Caesars will continue to manage the properties, and it, those properties will continue to be in the Total Rewards family, but they had to sell all in an effort to reduce their operating costs by about $10 billion, all a part of their still-in-negotiations bankruptcy proceedings. It's just like have a, a bake sale or you know a yard sale or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a poker table going cheap. <laughs> I uh, slightly used pussycat dolls tables. <laughs> slightly used. <laughs> it was funny. I made the uh, the comment to Karen that with Riviera closing, they'll obviously be giving away a lot of shit that that they would otherwise just destroy or sell online. Or I, I don't know what they would actually do with it. I was like, how amazing would it be to get a blackjack table from the Riviera? That would be so amazing. The only problem is, where the fuck would I put a blackjack table in my house? I'm staying in there a couple of weeks' time, so I definitely will be stealing something from the room on the way out. Oh, you might have to send me some pictures of what's available to lift. I, I might have to encourage said theft. Is it theft when they're going to destroy it? I don't think so. They won't notice when they're sort of sweeping up the rubble. All <laughs> <laughs> <I know>, right. <laughs> so Vegas Chatter confirmed that the mini pinball hall of fame that resides in the Riviera will not relocate to another property once it closes. They will either return to the original on Tropicana, about two miles from the Strip, or go into storage. Have you ever seen either one? Yes. Oh, I love the Pinball Hall of Fame. I'm actually it making is, a point to go brilliant. this time. I love pinball. It's one of those things, like, in my ultimate dream man cave or whatever it is you want to call it, I want a pinball machine in it. Big time, I want a pinball machine in it. The problem is, I can't figure out which one I would want to have, and that's why we haven't really moved forward with it. But I, I, I am making the effort to not only check out the Rivieras, but uh, I think I'm going to make my way down to, to, the, to the actual Hall of Fame. Looking forward to it. it, it it's definitely worth it. I think, it, it, although you have got to watch out, because I, I think 
some sort of RSI because of all the you know the pinging of the of the pads in the inside of your your arm, so you kind of your tendons feel it. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I'm playing pinball for the past two hours. <laughs> Something wrong with the inside of my arm. <laughs> nice. Travel Channel is working on a series called Time Traveling that will feature various places and show their evolution throughout the years. One of the episodes that will air Monday, April 20th at 10 p.m. will include a segment featuring Fremont Street in the 40s and 50s. That'll be interesting. Sounds good. Vegas Eater is reporting that Mirage will replace its poker room, no, with a center bar and parlor lounge, complete with piano accompaniment. No word if that means dueling pianos. They can't close that, Mark. That's where we had our Vegas vacation poker game. That is. Isn't it interesting that we are now becoming part of history on this show and with our with our experiences at Vegas vacation. I mean, I'm, I assume they're opening somewhere else, but you got to be a little more responsible with your poker rooms at this point, considering it's clearly dying. It's it's already hit its, uh, its bell curve, and it, it's definitely on its way down. Not like it's going to go anywhere. Poker's been a part of Vegas for fucking ever, but uh, I think those giant rooms are, are unnecessary. A thing of the past. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be sad to see it go. It has a very sentimental place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I hated that fucking poker game. I, that is the worst run I've ever fucking had at poker, ever. Seriously, so much to the point. Do you remember at this? At one point, I look over at at Matt and I'm like, seriously, look at these cards. This is the best hand I've had the whole time. He goes, Oh, I thought you were just being a dick or, or playing playing tight. I'm like, No, I've got nothing, absolutely nothing. And I just kept showing him stuff. He's like, No, I was like, I was gonna fold this. Like, you should fucking fold that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Did you, yeah, did you I, have I, lost, like I lost my money very quickly because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But it was a lot of fun. Memories. Wouldn't, wouldn't have changed it for the world. Yep. Okay, so moving on to playing Vegas. Playing Vegas is a portion of the show where we share with you touring acts and artists performing next week in Vegas. Wednesday, Friday and Saturday, Rascal Flats is at the Joint at Hard Rock. Show starts at 8pm. Tickets start at $40. Thursday, Schism, a tool tribute, is performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay. Show starts at 7.30. Tickets start at $13. Once again, Alistair, it just hit me. I'm like, holy shit, I could go see Schism. I'll be there next week. This is, I, I, it's, I don't know, it's like an out-of-body experience. I'm, I'm simultaneously ashamed and excited. It's a strange feeling of deja vu. It's like, I remember writing all the stuff and I'm going to be there now. <laughs> Thursday through Sunday, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is at Mandalay. Event runs all day. Tickets start at $4,500. Do you play an instrument? I used to play the piano very badly. <laughs> I, uh, I know we've got a lot of listeners who are, who are really, really good. As a matter of fact, I think Dustin O'Holland's a phenomenal... I don't know if phenomenal is the right thing. The guy plays an instrument is the fucking point I'm getting to. I imagine I think something like this. He plays a lot of instruments. I think he's, yeah, he's a musical genius. And that is so fascinating to me, simply because I can't play an instrument. People who can play multiple instruments, that's, oh, wow, that's really impressive. I'm, I'm very jealous of people that have that talent, but Absolutely. I'm just fairly ham-fisted with, you know, getting two, ha- you know, the left hand and the right hand to do things coordinated together was a <laughs> real struggle. Friday through Sunday, the Jason Bonham Led Zeppelin experience is at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay. Show's going to start at 7.30. Tickets start at $35. Saturday, Chris Brown and Trey Songs are at Mandalay Bay. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $60. Tim Allen is at the Mirage. Show starts at 10 p.m. Tickets start at $87. Moving on to coming attractions. 
Coming Attractions is the portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. Hey, before you start, does this segment, do these segments interest you? I mean, it ultimately doesn't matter because they interest me and that's why they're on the show. And it's really the only barometer I can have is going, would I like to hear this shit? Yes, I would. So that's how I decide what goes on the show. I'm really interested, really interested to see who is actually playing and what's going on. And if there's anybody that's I'm interested in, it would kind of pique my interest to say, well, it might be worth seeing. Um, but I, I do. It's but it's also a good barometer of, you know, you know what what the kids are down with these days. <laughs> well, good, good. I'm glad to know at least one other person enjoys this segment. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Okay, so we've got Christopher Cross performing at the Golden Nugget Friday, May 15th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Ticket starts at $32. That's the birth of Las Vegas, May 15th. I don't remember the year, but I know, I know that's the date. 100-something years ago now, isn't right. it? Blood, Sweat, and Tears are performing at the Golden Nugget Friday, May 22nd. Show starts at 8.30. No, starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $32. Night Ranger is performing at the Golden Nugget Friday, May 29th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $32. Oh, my God. This idea, or this... this just popped in my head. Have you ever seen Oasis in London or in England anywhere? No, I've never seen them perform. I can't fathom. Like, being one, it's kind of a double edged sword. I've never understood why Oasis isn't as huge as they are around the rest of the planet. But the one thing I'm grateful because for. Because they're lazy motherfuckers. <laughs> but the one thing that I was grateful for is that since they aren't. I'm able to see them in remarkably intimate venues when they come to the States, so I can't fathom going to a fucking stadium to watch a band. I've been to many, many arenas, but going to a state... Actually, Jesus Christ, I have been to a stadium. I was just thinking about that. We went to go see Metallica and Limp Biscuit at Ohio Stadium, but we had such close seats it didn't really feel like it was in a stadium. Uh, have you ever seen anybody in a stadium? Never in a stadium setting, no. I think it's it, it's exactly how you say because you're going to be too far back, you're not going to see anything. Right. I mean, I've been to sort of events where you, you're so far away from the stage or, you, you know, some, whatever's happening. It's just like, this is, no, this is no fun at this point in time. It's like, you've right. got to be closer. Yeah, if you, I mean, I've been to kind of relatively smaller gigs where you're sort of still halfway back. Fortunately, being six foot five, you see everybody's heads. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're short in those kind of places, you, you forget it. Yeah, if you spend more time looking at the monitors than you do the actual band, or, or if you require binoculars to see the band, why the fuck did you pay to be here? Yeah, no, no appeal. <laughs> The Nitty Gritty Dirt Band is performing at Golden Nugget Friday, June 5th. Show's going to start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $32. John Michael Montgomery is performing at the Golden Nugget <laughs> Friday, 12th of June. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at a, at a dollar, a missing sign, and I'm assuming that's 32. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Sometimes I miss things, Alistair. You don't need to point it out. They know. They know. <laughs> <laughs> they know and they love. Right. White Snake is performing at the Joint at Hard Rock Thursday, June fourth. Show's going to start at eight p.m. Tickets start at thirty-five dollars. The Las Vegas Philharmonic is performing the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddess Master Quest at the Venetian Wednesday, June tenth. This act is touring, celebrating the music of Nintendo's Legend of Zelda, twenty-eight-year video game franchise with music and video from the game. Show starts at eight p.m. Ticket start at $74. This is Brian, big time. He's a huge gamer and a huge Legend of Zelda fan, as you heard a couple episodes ago. I, I sent this on to him. He's like, I was just listening to this. I'm like, they already have a soundtrack. <laughs> but there you go. It, it's great. Yeah, I love the I love the Zelda games. I think they're brilliant. So I think they, 
I think they gave away some CDs with uh, one of the one of the versions that they released. But yeah, I think it's definitely this is probably worth a worth a listen. It's really cool. I almost went to a Lord of the Rings symphony with with a Howard Shore conducting, and just just never actually got off my ass to get around it. But those kind of things, I think, were are. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's just just fascinating. It's cool. I'd love to see something like that. Well, they often do at the the Royal Albert Hall in London. They do all the you know to put the films on with the orchestra. So they'll do you know Star Wars things, or you know they'll just bring those big movies and have the massive orchestra uh, and film at the same time. So Wait it's you know it's definitely traveling. So you just watch the whole movie and then they play the music live. I think it's the same time. They it's like oh, an immersive experience of playing music from the films whilst projecting you know parts of the films. You know, into the into the audience. Into that the, would know, be amazing. Screen. I got to keep my eyes open for that. That'd be epic. All right, and lastly, Bare Naked Ladies are performing at the Boulevard Pool at Cosmopolitan Saturday, July 18th. Show's going to start at 7:30. Why do I keep throwing 30 on everything? <laughs> Starts at 7 p.m. Tickets start at $66. Insert your dumb naked ladies joke here. Don't forget, you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. So, let's check the river. Yeah, this week on the river, we have a ton of listener feedback. I'm glad we've got you on the show. I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on some of these. Started off with a PayPal donation we got from John in the PA. He writes, that was a fun show with Scott. Thanks to some of the winnings at the local, I thought I would support the show. And we always appreciate PayPal donations simply because it's it's the one thing that you literally pay us to do what we're doing. And I think I fucking earned it. Yeah, pay the man, goddammit. Right. <laughs> right. I'm giving you so many options. Throw me a fucking bone, all right? I do this on top of my right. Why am I yelling? Does it matter? No, I like doing it. So we have some listener feedback from Mike in Athens, Georgia. Yes. So Mark and Company, love the podcast. I largely work alone, and listening to you guys each week is a much-appreciated escape from the monotony of my business. It feels like I'm sitting around bullshitting with my own friends about Vegas, if any of them love Vegas as much as me. I can't stop thinking about the place, and I'm pretty sure my friends wish I'd shut the fuck up about it. (laughs) So I can totally relate and appreciate Mark's enthusiasm and obsession. Plus, you guys crack me the fuck up. (laughs) I hate that I can't make it to the 360 Vegas Vacation 2, as it sounds like it will be a blast. Maybe I'll get to 360 Vegas Vacation 3. Anyway, thanks for the podcast, and keep up the good work. Dicks. <laughs> Mike. It really is. As, as somebody who a friendship developed with, would you, what would you say 360 Vegas Vacation is like? It's, it's amazing. I met so many great people that I've stayed in touch with for... It's, now, it's three years ago, now, isn't it? 2012 yep. was the first. And uh, it... it it changed my life <laughs> for, for the better. He's he's very much describing what we've tried to do with this show, as well as what we tried to do with 360 Vegas Vacation. It's just the idea of it, it was literally the shit I was already doing while I was in Vegas. And Brian just brought up the idea that oh my god, you could easily do a, an entire show with nothing about Vegas with all the shit you know. And uh, I'm glad to hear that that our concept is hitting its mark. Man, I would we, highly recommend it to anybody. If you're thinking about coming, come along. It, it's going to be a great time because the people that show up are just phenomenal, really phenomenal. We have lots of fun doing that. Excited. All right, we got another email. This one from Stuart from Moscow, and he writes, 
I must take umbrage with one of your statements this week on the bonus round buy-in story. He, uh, apparently one of us said, quote, it's been long understood that the higher you bet, like Max bet, you are going to start hitting these things a little more frequently, unquote. It is true that the higher you bet, meaning playing at a higher base denomination, 25 cents rather than one cent, for example, gives you a higher payback percentage, which might be achieved in a variety of other ways, one which might be making bonus rounds more frequent. However, within the same denomination, the only difference would be in a game where the higher the bet, the more lines become active, in which case you have more live options on which to land a bonus symbol. But once you have all active lines, it doesn't matter whether you're betting minimum or maximum coins per line, the chances of landing the bonus are exactly the same. Yours, Tidbit Stew, formerly known as Prop Stew. One of the things I'd like to say is that frequently on this show, we are drunk and we are trying to have a good time and make people laugh. So this was one of those cases where we, we were a little too free with our tongue and, and uh, Stu shoved it right back at us and now I have to bite it. You're a dick. I've just got a, I've just got a mental image of, of, of Stu shoving his tongue at you. <laughs> I would receive it. Welcome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a proper sentence, but whatever. <laughs> Once again, trying to do a joke and I'm failing miserably. I don't really care. I'm spending time with you and it makes me happy. I'm just going to wipe, wipe that from my mental image bank. Okay, get rid of that. <laughs> So next we have we have Anonymous, uh, also known as Divisible by Zero. I didn't think anything was Divisible by Zero. Huh. Um, as you brought up Girls of Glitter Gulch more than once, I thought I'd share my thoughts. It's super old insight from 2006, but I highly doubt you'll see any differences. <laughs> no renovations there recently? No, no refreshing of the property? <laughs> well, they do, they do clean it outside with bleach at about 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> With one of those those power hoses every time. Listen, that stuff is sticky. It requires a firm hand or or a lot of water pressure. I was having one of my late nights down Fremont Street, and at uh, four o'clock in the morning, that's when the girls at the Golden Gate chain shift. So suddenly, all the girls disappear at four a.m., and then everybody <laughs> in the, the the black and white comes out again. But then, as you come out of the casino and start walking back down down Fremont, they are literally scrubbing the floor with bleach, Oof. and they were just happening to be doing around uh, the girls of Glitter Gulch as I was coming out. So, <laughs> at least the outside is sanitary. <laughs> Brilliant. So anyway, anonymous goes on. So I was recommended this place by a coworker. In retrospect, I believe he was trolling me regarding this place. <laughs> I decided to go with a friend to check it out. We were there for no more than ten minutes. The place smelled like someone recently decided to share what they ate recently. Even though a strip club, there was little to recommend the dancers unless you'd like really pushy women. <laughs> Multiple trips to the Rhino have still not found a more pushy woman. And he's also like looking forward to June from Anonymous. Well, so are we. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever been to a Vegas strip club? No, I, I can't say I have. It's, it's... You ever been to a strip club in general? No. <laughs> I, uh, I live, I've lived a very sheltered life in this country. I used to DJ in, in a strip club for about a year, and it is, I just don't get it. I, I don't get the allure. I, I, I mean, obviously, I like looking at beautiful women. and Generally better if you don't have to pay for it. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's because I worked in them that I understand how the whole thing works. Like, women talking to you, they don't find you interesting at all in, inside those places. They are in a job. They are one way or another trying to get a hold of your cash. And it, to me, kind of, I hate to say this because I know people really enjoy them. I, I think it's kind of pathetic, but ultimately, if you have fun doing them, more power to you. I just, I, I don't I don't get them. That's probably how I was able to work at one because I, I just didn't really get it. 
you know, Vital Vegas is a really good blog post this week uh, around this sort of whole topic of, of strip clubs. And I think the, the main reason why, the, I think the, the, the graphic was the main reason why she's talking to you is a car payment is due. <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. Oh, oh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you a detail that somebody who has, only somebody who's worked in the industry would know about. Did you know in some cases the beautiful woman or whatever, I don't know, the person sitting next to you isn't 21. And sometimes when you're paying $20, $50 for a drink, she's getting no alcohol. She's getting fruit juice, she's getting punch, she's getting Coke, whatever. There is no alcohol in there because the club has to, while you only need to be 18 to take off clothes and dance for a living, you still need to be 21 to drink. And many a times as you keep shoving $50 drinks down her throat and you're thinking, man, this girl has the world's greatest tolerance. No, she's not getting booze. You're an idiot. What is it with this crazy 21 drinking age nonsense? I completely agree with you. It's so dumb. I, I You can die for, for this country, but you can't celebrate with a beer. Doesn't doesn't make any sense to me, but what are you going to do? I don't really care now that I'm over the age of 21. It's one of those things that you fight for vehemently until you get there, and you're like, well, fuck it. I don't, I'm 21 now. Now I'm too old. It's like, no. <laughs> Moving on, we got an email from Adu Duke with a show question. Are you mad at Karen? We haven't heard her for a while. Please have her on the show. We miss her. International listener, John. Well, John, I'm mad at that woman almost constantly. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with... That's not true either, but it has nothing to do with it. This show is my opportunity to hang out with friends like Alistair and Brian and Scott. And uh, uh, she's got her own segment. Yeah, you get to enjoy her on uh, 360 Biggest Reviews. It's basically I'm holding her captive and Mark hasn't yet paid the ransom. <laughs> she's on the show when we have her on the show. Enjoy her while you got her. Listen, she's a part of everything that I do. Can I have an hour with friends? She's your special friend, Mark. That's right. <laughs> she, she's my naked special friend. And we also had another email from Prop Stew. So the Riviera News got me thinking about the history of demolitions in Las Vegas. It would have followed a sequence. Initially, nothing needs to be bulldozed for the next big thing. New resorts were built on empty lots. So when was it that the knockdown the old to build the new actually started? I guess the 90s were the focus years for renewal. What was considered the first major demolition of an old resort to make way for a new one? Was it the dunes? What has been the typical, if there is such a thing, age of buildings that have been demolished? That's a, those are two great questions. Do you know the answers to any of those? Oh, that's scratching my mind on this one. I, I, yeah, I think it was the June's the first to go. I know then we had... I think it's sleep. the first landmark. I mean, we, we got rid of castaways to build the Mirage and Treasure Island. But I think the first, like, signature property that when you thought of Vegas, you thought of this property would... It'd have to be the Dunes, right? It's got to be. Yeah, and then I suppose closely followed by the Sands. Yes. And then Aladdin... Aladdin, yeah. I don't. I don't think the uh, the hacienda really qualifies, right? That was way south. At the, yeah, at the time it was just so far off. I mean, it was, it was Excalibur, then the hacienda, so it was so far off the end. Right. So yeah, not really a part of today. And I think the average age is what is it? Fifty years? Forty years? When when they uh, they get imploded? Although I will say the tower that Stardust had, their their main tower was only like. 10, 12 years old when they imploded. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't old, was it? No, not at all. Moving on, he wrote, I'm sure... Actually, no, you read it. You read it. <laughs> okay. I'm sure when the now lost buildings first went up, no one could have imagined that one day they would be torn down. 
It seems inconceivable now that one day Wynn, Encore, Venetian, Palazzo, R, etc. will be imploded to make way for something bigger and better. But I guess when the Desert Inn, Dunes, Sahara, Sands, Stardust were in their prime, no one could have imagined them being pulled down for anything better. I can't imagine any of today's mega resorts reaching the end of their lives, but I suppose it has to happen one day. I just can't conceive of what would replace them. Perhaps when they finally reach the end of their useful lives, they will not be replaced. Time and technology may have moved on too far. But then again, the demise of Vegas has been a recurring topic in the past. Just some rambling thoughts before bedtime. Winky face. Propsky stew. This is fascinating, and I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this as well. How, how does Vegas move forward when it comes to certain properties? Can we ever lose Paris, Excalibur, New York, New York, things that, that are icons? I mean, he's got a point as far as the dunes and the Sahara and the sands, but... It's going to be, I think it's down to economic viability. Right. If the cost, if, if it's billions and billions of cost to build things or replace things, at a certain point it's going to be too expensive mm -hmm. to actually start, start again from scratch. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think of places like... The Mirage, actually more than the Mirage. If you think about places like Caesars and Flamingo, they've been able to stand the test of time because they're able to continue to renovate themselves to be relevant. I mean, and of course, you know, location, location, location. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't fathom the Mirage ever, ever being destroyed. I can't wrap my head around it. But is he right? Is there no? Is it inevitable? It's definitely food for thought. <laughs> that is, that's absolutely fascinating. I guess I guess it's just one of those things, just enjoy it while you can and then lament when it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Farewell, Mirage Buckaroo. Right. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's going to do it for episode 162. Thank you all for listening, downloading. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com. As a reminder, 360 Vegas Vacation 2 is June 18th to 19th, 2015. For details about the planned itinerary, check out the 360 Vegas Vacation 2 tab on our blog. Don't regret not going, regret what you did whilst you were there. If you'd like to send some feedback, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. Good, bad or indifferent, we read all iTunes reviews on the show. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And you can find links to all those on the blogs as well. Oh, and don't forget the new merch store, Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas. We got a lot of cool shit on there. That, I was, I've been seeing all your tweets this week and go, ooh, that looks really cool. Nice. I, I think I'm going to bag myself one of those ties. I'm, I'm, oh, I know I love those ties. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm quite proud of that store. It took us forever, but... Uh, the, the perfect pairing of options and uh... it's super impressive I have to give you absolute props and so it's, it's, if you look through all the stuff that's actually available there now it's I think it's really quality I think you've done an excellent job so Thank you. I think you should be really proud of yourself Thank good you. job that really means a lot thanks a lot so that's going to do it for this episode I will be in Vegas next week and I'll be in Vegas in three weeks time Ooh. and we'll all be together in June it's going to be lovely I don't know if we're going to put out a proper show next week or if we are going to have some bonus round for you. But uh, either way, as usual, you'll have some content. Enjoy it, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.